Welcome to the Dogwood Podcast, a presentation of Dogwood Church. For more information, visit dogwood.church. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How are y'all doing? It made it through the rain. Way to go. I came all the way from Cobb County, and uh, I am so honored to get to be here today and to be uh, with Keith and with Allison and just your whole family here at Dogwood Church. Now, I only have one question for you. I made a decision a long time ago about who is going to be the first pastor at Dogwood Church. Do you think I made the right decision or what? 30 years later. Pretty amazing, isn't it? I could not agree more. And the fact that Allison allowed Keith to come with her was a blessing. It really was. So, Keith, I'm glad she's letting you stick around and hang out with her there. Well, I'm so honored to get to be with you today. I've been hearing all the great things that you're doing, especially in helping those that are less fortunate. And I want you to know that really blesses my heart. As Keith mentioned, I have the joy of being the president and CEO at Must Ministries, uh, headquartered in Marietta, Georgia. What I love about it was it started out as a youth ministry project. And I want you to know, I'm still a youth minister at heart. There is no question about it. I just don't happen to get asked to speak at any youth events anymore, but I still love it. And so for 46 years, our organization that's been uh, up there in that area Last year, over 34,000 unique individuals were touched through Must Ministries. Um, we last year helped about 580 people get jobs, which represented over $7 million back into the economy. Uh, we have a homeless shelter. We take care of 72 people a night there. Then we have extended care. So all together on any given night, there's about 280 people that are under the auspices of Must Ministries. So we help to feed them. Uh, we help to get them jobs. We help to give them clothes. And uh, then uh, along with that feeding and that shelter, it's just the greatest blessing in the world is seeing them get jobs. And so very proud of what you're doing today. And let me tell you what it's taught me being around people in poverty, and helping to work to get their lives better. I found out that uh, it can happen to any of us. Any of us can hit a storm in our life. It's sometimes uh, it's medical bills. It's all kinds of things that can happen in our life to put us into a storm. And we're going to talk about that kind of issue this morning. So if you've got your Bible, I'd learn for, love for you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. And while you're turning there, last night we had our gala for Must Ministries. I was out really late for a preacher on Saturday night last night. Normally I just like to stay home, but uh, we got to go to our gala. And uh, the theme of it was at the movies last night. And I know that that, uh, a lot of you have asked me in the early service and this service as well, how is Robin doing? Well, I'll kind of let you see because we went last night as my favorite movie and it's uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And uh, so there's Ferris. See my nice leopard print uh, vest and everything that I have and the leather jacket. And Robin is Sloan and she's got on the red save Ferris button right there. So we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. And I'm just honored to be with you today. I wish she could be here. But uh, she says that she was going to be at our church because when I'm gone, the preaching improves greatly. So there you go. 
going to start you out with something to hopefully uh, bring a little chuckle to your heart. I love Max Lucado. I, I just think he's one of the greatest writers in my generation. And he had this great story years ago about a parakeet named Chippy. I hope you haven't heard the story and just kind of listen. This is in his book, In the Eye of the Storm. So we're doing a a one-day series today, right, Keith? Uh, How to get through what you're going through. Listen to what happened to Chippy in his life. Chippy the parakeet never saw it coming. One second, he was peacefully perched in his cage, and in the next second, he was sucked in, he was washed up, and he was blown over. You see, the problems began when Chippy's owner decided to clean Chippy's cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the end of the attachment from the hose. She stuck it in the cage. She turned around when the telephone rang to say hello, and she barely said hello when she heard this sound, soup, and old Chippy had been sucked into the vacuum cleaner. Well, the bird owner gasped, put down the phone, turned off the vacuum, and opened up the bag. There was Chippy. He was still alive, but he was stunned. And since the bird was covered with dust and soot, she grabbed him, raced to the bathroom, turned on the faucet, and held Chippy under the running water. Well, then when she turned off the faucet, she realized that Chippy was soaked and he was shivering, so she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She reached over and grabbed the hair dryer, and she blasted Chippy with hot air. She said Chippy never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, a reporter who had initially written about the event contacted Chippy's owner and said, how is the bird recovering? Well, she said, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just kind of sits there and stares. Amen? I mean, can't you understand? It's not hard to see why. Think about this. When you've been sucked in, you've been washed up, and you've been blown over, I don't care how stout that your heart might be, things like this will steal your song. Then Lucado goes on to ask, can any of us relate to Chippy? Because most of us can. One minute you're seated in familiar territory, and then a pink slip comes. The rejection letter arrives. The doctor calls with the biopsy report. The divorce papers are delivered. The check bounces. A policeman knocks on your door and soup. You're sucked into a black cavern of doubts. You're doused with the cold water of reality, and you're stung with the hot air of empty promises. And the life that you had that was once calm is now stormy. And you're hell-stormed by demands. You're assailed by doubts. You're pummeled by the questions you have in your mind. And somewhere in that trauma, you just lose your joy. Somewhere in the storm, you lose your song. How do you get through what you're going through? Well, Jesus gave us great instructions and We're in Matthew chapter 7. We're going to begin in verse number 24. This is a great chapter. Everything in uh, chapter 7 is a contrast. He contrasts the broad way and the narrow way. He contrasts good fruit and bad fruit. And then he contrasts two different types of foundations, one that's rock solid and one that shifts like sand. Let me show you what Jesus had to say about it, beginning of verse 24. Therefore... Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be compared to a wise man. Well, you've got to ask the question, Jesus, what does a wise man do? 
and he gives you his answer. He built his house upon the rock. You know what that means for us? That means we build our life on godly principles. That means we build our life around prayer, that we build our life around the teachings that are there in the Bible. And so we try to build our home on the rock-solid principles that we know that we can build on when we have Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior. But I want you to watch what happens, and I just want you to know I'm really good at having the effects take place because many of you just came through this, and the rain fell right on cue. People ask me how I do this. It's a gift. That's all I can tell you. It's just a gift. And so the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall because it had been founded upon the rock. And then he goes and he begins the contrast. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man. Well, what does a foolish man do? Once again, he gives you the answer. He says, that person built upon sand. And then I want you to watch what happens. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and they slammed against that house. Now, I want you to think about it. Because he says, the first house that's built on the rock, the elements are, the rain comes down, then he says, the floods come up, And then he says, the wind is blowing. What it's giving you is a picture of a house that's under assault. He's giving you the picture of a life that's under assault. When it just seems like, you know, and we even say it, when it rains, it pours, right? And we have the winds of adversity blowing into our life. And I feel like I'm just living in a tsunami right now, this flood that just overwhelms me. And so he's giving you the visuals to help you understand that sometimes in your life, all of these things are going to be happening simultaneously. It's feeling like things are coming down from above, things are coming up from below, and they're coming in on all sides. So the the picture is a life that is under assault. And you might ask the question, I know I certainly did the first time I read these words, then is it really worth it to be a Christian? If somehow, some way, it doesn't make a difference about what comes into your life because you have a relationship with God, that was hard for me to understand. Because, you know, I kind of want built around me like what your drummer has over here. I actually thought in the first service, if he gets out of that thing, we're going to lose some kids this morning. Because, I mean, man, he is energetic and he was knocking it out. But uh, if God doesn't put this plexiglass shield around me, then why in the world even be a Christian? Well, It's not that you will ever avoid anything else in this world that other people are not going to experience. But let me tell you the difference. The difference is the end results. That's really what it's about. Because it said the house that was built on the rock, that all of those elements came, that everything took place. And he said, and it stood. But this house, he turns around and he says at the end of verse 27, it fell and great was its fall. There was all kinds of damage that took place. Now, Jesus teaches this principle other places. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, he says it rains on the just and the unjust. It rains on bad people. Hey, it rains on good people. My favorite way to see this illustrated, because it's written on my level, was a Peanuts comic strip. Love Peanuts. And Snoopy was outside. He was lying on top of his doghouse, 
He was facing up and the clouds were just pouring down rain. And Snoopy actually quoted here Matthew 5.45. He said it rains on the just and the unjust. And then there was a little paw print which meant Snoopy was adding his postscript. And he said, and it's raining right in my face. Amen? It's one thing to rain on those just folks, those unjust folks. But what about when it's raining right in your face? And, and we all face it. You know, biblical historians tell us the oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. Well, what's the book of Job all about? It's about suffering. It's about pain. It's about trials. And you remember Job's wife is the one who looked at him when he was in the midst of all the difficulty, and she said to him, do you still hold fast to your integrity? In other words, do you still have this, you still believe in this relationship that you have with God? in spite of all the things that are going on in your life right now. She is also the woman who looked at Job when he was at the worst point in his life. And as a word of encouragement, she said, why don't you just curse God and die? Wow, wouldn't you like to roll over next to that every morning the rest of your life? <laughs> just, man, I, you know, if you have anything else you want to share, let's just kind of hold off right here. But Job, of course, you know, he makes that statement and he says that even though you slay me, you, you can take my life, but I'm telling you, I'm here and I'm going to be serving you. And God, when you get through testing me, I'm going to come forth purer than gold. So today I want to talk to you just simply about how do you get through what you're going through? I, I love to start with my favorite quote that's helped me go through the darkest times in my life, and for that I will be forever grateful. It was written by a man named Charles Spurgeon. He said, God's too good to be unkind. He's too wise to be mistaken. And when you can't trace His hand, you can always trust His heart. When you can't trace God's hand, when you're going, God, I don't understand why these things are going on, you can trust His heart. Let me tell you something else fundamental for me today, and it's a part of one of those books that Keith held up, and it's the book called Treasures from the Dark. It comes from Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3, where God says, I will show you treasures that are in darkness, and I'm going to show you hidden riches and wealth in secret places. And he says, I, I do this so that you will know that it is I, the Lord God, who's calling you by name. So very quickly today, I'm going to give you some principles. We'll be out of here by three, and uh, everything will be just great. You said, yeah, I'm going to be out of here a little earlier, all right? Number one is just simply this. A faith not tested cannot be trusted. If you've never had your faith tested, you don't know if it can be trusted. You might think it is. You might think all kinds of things, but until you actually get tested, you don't know if you can trust it. I told Keith in the earlier service, the voice that I hear saying this to me, Allison, is the voice of Adrian Rogers. Because Adrian was the first person I ever heard say those words. And man, they impacted my life. So if I go through all these trials and I go through these difficulties, the end result is when I come out on the other side, I know, I know that I can trust God. Uh, my Easter sermon was a real simple one last Sunday, and I was just glad to be there because the day before, we had an Easter egg drop we do for the entire community at our local high school. We had 24,000 people for an egg drop. 
It was insane. So the fact that I was still alive on Resurrection Sunday was a great thing. But I talked to our church about hope, and I said, here's the thing about God, just three things and we're done. And I said, first of all, God has your back on all your past sins and failures. God's got your back. But you know, the greater thing is that God also has His hand in hands in whatever you're going through right now. And then God has His eye on your eternity. I mean, God takes care of us. He, he Bible uses this interesting phrase. It said He has encompassed us from behind and before. Like God is the He's the bookends that's going to hold our life together when we're going through the things we're going through. So you say, God, I still disagree. How many of you ever kind of disagree with the way things go in your life? Be honest, all right? It's not lightning yet. You can raise your hand. A little later, I might not do that, but your verse is my verse, Isaiah 55, 8, where God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. There's just times that God's going to do some things that we don't understand, and that's where trust comes in. Do you trust God in those times? Number two, I've learned along the way that life is tissue paper thin. So when I'm going through what I'm going through, I just remind myself, this is an imperfect world. Uh, This is a world that I'm only passing through, and there's just going to be times in my life that things are going to happen, and life is just tissue paper thin. I can't tell you how many people come up to me and go, you made a statement in a sermon somewhere along the way, and you said life is tissue paper thin. And it truly, truly is. So you should treasure every moment that you have and be thankful. That's what helps you to get through what you're going through. Uh, you're, the, this too shall pass. You're, you're in a season. You're going through things that you're going to get through. Number three, nothing ever catches God off guard. I don't know if that makes you feel good, but it makes me feel good. And I'm going to flaunt my theological education for you. You ready? Here's the greatest theological thought I've ever had. Boy, you want your pens ready for this. Has it ever occurred to you that nothing has ever occurred to God? Think about it. God has never been standing in heaven and all of a sudden went, huh, never thought about that. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me to know that my God is omniscient. There's not anything that's ever going to jump into my life that he's not aware of. So God is not just sovereign sometimes. He's not just occasionally victorious in your life. He doesn't occupy the throne one day and turn around and vacate it the next. And the season that you're in right now may be a a huge puzzle to you, but it does not puzzle God. And he can and he will turn around and use it for his purpose. Nothing ever catches him off guard. Number four, a a troubled faith is better than no faith at all. If you have a troubled faith, it's better than no faith at all. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, There's things in my life that happen and I see things happen and it troubles my faith. I just go, God, why does it have to be like that? I'm going to be having lunch uh, later this week with a young boy who's about 12 years old. And he has an inoperable, incurable situation. And he was great buddies with a little boy in our church named Lake who passed away from leukemia. Uh, and one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life, Burt Weiss and the, you know, the Burt show, 
uh, befriended this family, and I got to know Bert doing some things with him. And they, uh, he always, Lake wanted to grow up and be an NBA basketball player. And the Atlanta Hawks signed him to a one-day contract. And I got to go down to Phillips and be there that night with Lake and his family while he experienced a uh, one-day contract. And one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, Dominique Wilkins left the broadcast area, walked all the way across the court, and asked Lake for his autograph. I prayed and prayed that Lake would be healed. God didn't heal him, but it troubled my faith. I've, I've got to be honest with you. It troubled my faith. This little boy that I'm meeting with this week, I'm his hero. How do you become anyone's hero? And because he's at home so much, he can't wait to get his iPad. He, he goes, Mom, get the iPad. Dr. Ike's coming on. He, he's coming up. That just, uh, and it's troubling my faith. I've got to be honest, it does. But I'm telling you, a troubled faith is better than no faith at all. So when you're in a troubled faith, here, here's what you've got to get to. You've got to turn from asking why. You realize when we say, God, if I just knew why, you realize that you wouldn't agree even if God told you. You all. The reason we say why is so we can argue. God, no, that, you know, God, we could have gone about it a different way. We could have handled this in a thousand different ways. But here's what you have to learn to do. You have to... Learn to stop asking why because you're never going to understand in this world why certain things have happened. But you start saying, God, what now? What can I do now with what I've been through? What can I do now with the things that I've experienced in my life? And when you learn to do that, like Job, you're, you're going to be able to say, though he slay me, I'll tell you what, I'm still going to hope in him. That's where my hope is wrapped up. That's who's going to take care of my life. I guess that's the reason I love so much a, a quote by the great missionary to China, Hudson Taylor. He said, you know, it doesn't matter how great the pressure is because all of us have pressure in our life. doesn't matter how great the pressure is. What matters is where does that pressure lie? Does it push you closer to the heart of God or does it push you away from God? And that's the key. If you will learn to let that pressure push you closer to God, you will find treasures in the dark. You'll find that ruby of refinement. You'll, you'll find that pearl of praise. You'll find that gold of growth. You'll find that silver of submission in your life, that emerald of empathy that nothing else is going to do. And he'll give you that beautiful diamond of discernment where even when you don't understand, your trust just continues to escalate and it continues to go up. Can I also tell you that I've learned that trouble handled rightly honors God? When you handle trouble the right way, it honors God. When things are going well, people aren't looking to your life to see how are you going to respond, what are you going to do. But you learn to go, you know what, God, I want to handle this the right way. I want to proceed the right way. And when you handle your trouble well, it is a great, great tool for you to be able to use to share how your Christian faith is strengthening you. Oh, by the way, Jesus said in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33, in this world you will have trouble. So we know that Jesus is a promise keeper because he said you're going to have trouble in this world. But then he parenthetically says to us, but take heart because I've overcome the world. So greater is he that's in me, right? than he that is in this world. 
And no matter what you're going through, God can get you through it because God's going to be there with you in the process. Always love Corey Timboom's quote where she said, There is no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. No matter where you fall to, I'm just telling you, it's amazing what He can do. Trouble handled rightly honors God. Number six is one that I just love. It's one thing to tell your story. It's another thing to live your story. Isn't that the truth? Don't you like to be on the other side of something that seemed insurmountable, huge obstacles, and then you get on the other side of it and you say, man, this is how God came through and yay, and man, we're walking pep rally. But when you're still on this side of it, it's one thing to tell your story. It's one thing to be over here living it. Uh, I've got a friend named Stan Toller. And Stan wrote a book, and the title of it says everything. God has never failed me yet, but He sure has scared me to death. Right? Y'all relate to that, right? I mean, you're sitting there going, I know God's going to come through. I know He's going to come through. But sometimes the ways that God comes through is not the way that you envisioned. For my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. As a matter of fact, He says, my thoughts are above the heavens, meaning... There is a purpose in something you're going through that far exceeds what you may ever understand in this world. There are things that happen. But what about when you're going through what you're going through and it seems like God's not hearing your prayers? Or you just feel like God's not in the room? Well, here's the good news. God is a fact. He's not a feeling. God's a fact. He's not a feeling. That's good news. It's kind of like marriage. Y'all ever feel married sometimes? Y'all know what I mean, right? I'm saying this because Robin's not here. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, that's the kind of guy I am. She and I had, uh, we we both had words earlier this morning. I I didn't get to use mine, Keith. But uh, we both had them at some point. But uh, you ever not, you ever feel real married? The first time I ever felt really, really married was on a Friday night, I was in a grocery store. Now I just went, this is so sad that my life has been reduced to a Friday night in the grocery store, right? And then other times, you know, you might be out somewhere and somebody might smile at you a little bit. Every guy in here knows who I'm talking about. Don't act innocent right there. And so, you know, somebody kind of smiles at you and all of a sudden you don't feel as married, Right? Does it make any difference whether you feel married or not? No, because you got a covenant relationship. You've got a covenant relationship with God. So just understand, even at times when you you don't feel like that, that He's in there, He is. Alan Redpath, great writer, said, nothing's ever going to touch my life. That hadn't, and think of this visual, that hasn't been filtered through the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Nothing's going to touch your life. Nothing's going to come into your life that God does not allow to come into your life because God is omniscient. When you're going through what you're going through, learn to worship God for who He is and not what He just does or allows. Learn to worship God for who He is and not what He does or allows because there will be the times that you're not going to understand and listen. You may never understand on this side of heaven why you went through what you went through. Breaks my heart 
when I see people who adored their parents and their parents develop Alzheimer's. And toward the end of their life, they don't even know who their family is. And I don't understand that. And that breaks my heart that we live in this imperfect world where things like that happen. But I focus on who God is and not what He does or allows. And then, never doubt in the dark what you know to be true in the light. I had the unique privilege of doing a daily devotional with my hero, Zig Ziglar, my mentor in my life. I actually uh, conducted along with Jack Graham at Preston with Baptist Zig's uh, funeral. So Zig was just one of those people that became remarkable to me. And in the book, there's a quote in, in the daily devotional, and I wrote, Stars shine the brightest on the darkest night, and so too do God's choicest servants shine their very brightest on their darkest days. There's never a better time for you to share the hope of your faith than when things are going tough and you can step up. Um, I love C.S. Lewis. He's such a, a, a remarkable writer. And they did a movie on uh, C.S. Lewis and his wife, Joy Davidman. She was an author in her own right. And C.S. Lewis had waited till he was older to get married and... Uh, got married, and not long after that, they found out that uh, Joy had this incurable cancer that eventually ended up taking her life. And so C.S. Lewis, this just amazing intellect, he wrote a book called A Grief Observed. And in A Grief Observed, he made this statement. He said about her dying, and by the way, if you ever want to watch the movie on their life, it's called Shadowlands. He said, God's not been trying an experiment on my faith to find out its quality. God already knew. I was the one who didn't know. I was the one who didn't know. So when you're going through what you're going through, let me give you the golden nugget right here. Live your story in the now the way you want to tell your story later and you won't have to change a thing. Live your story right now, the way you want to be able to tell your story later. And I promise you, if you do that, He's going to tell you some things. Again, that Isaiah chapter 45, verse 3, For I will give you treasures in darkness and riches in secret places. You know what the riches are He's talking about? God will tell you things in darkness, in dark times, that you will one day be able to reveal in the light. I mean, think about my life. My life goes back to a defining moment when I lost a wife and a child. Ever since that time, that put me in an arena of speaking I would have never, ever, ever, ever chosen. And that's the area of grief. But I'm telling you, there's not a week goes by that there's someone who doesn't call me and go, hey, I read your book and we begin to talk about their story. Well, a lot of what I share with those people are things that God shared with me during that dark time. And you know, he says in his word, uh, you and I get to choose our attitude and we get to make that choice. We don't get to choose our circumstances. We get to choose our attitude. And then when we do, we can do something with it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. It says, God comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble 
with the very same comfort that we ourselves have received from the Lord. So, bottom line is, no one can comfort like those who have been comforted. So, I believe, your next little fill-in, adversity is God's way of preparing you to help other people. Adversity is God's way of preparing you to help other people. And then on my list, this is the scariest one. Those whom God uses greatly, He will break deeply. People that God uses greatly, He breaks deeply. Some of you are are probably fans like I am of Andy Stanley and Louis Giglio and all the great work their uh, churches do. The guy who influenced them the most, I think, as a a theologian in their life is a man named A.W. Tozier. And A.W. Tozier is the one who said, I have never seen God use greatly someone that He did not break deeply. You know why that happens? Because God wants to make sure that people who have greater influence understand their role in the great scheme of things. That God is the one that's in control. And what you'll begin to find out when you begin to to live this way, to get through what you're going through, you'll find this quote from Sojin Kierkegaard, this existentialist philosopher. He said, you know, all of us live life going forward. But he said, we only understand it when we turn around and we look backward. And we see how God takes situations that we think are random threads. And instead, what God is doing is He's weaving this really cool tapestry. We're just on the backside of that tapestry. And I think one day when we get to heaven, we're going to step around it, and all of a sudden, we're just going to be absolutely amazed at how God has woven everything together. The psalmist in Psalm 6610 says, For you, O God, you've tested us, You've refined us like silver. The three main ways every day we get tested in our life are through people, through pain, and through problems. And if you see your troubles as tests that are being used by God for His glory and your maturity, so it's always for God's glory and our good, then you begin to even see all of these incidents that seem random, You'll see how God is using them. It's just that every day when you're in God's school, there's a pop quiz, isn't there? And it usually revolves around stress, uh, traffic. Uh, There's all kinds of things, sickness, sadness, all of those kinds of things. But you know what we're told by James? James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. This is in the New Living Version. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So every time your faith gets tested, my faith gets tested. It's giving me a chance to be able to grow. And then he says, so then let it grow. Because, for, when your endurance is fully developed, you're going to be strong in character. And look at this. You're going to be ready for anything. Let me tell you something. We have never lived in a world that needs to be ready for anything more than the world you and I are living in right now. We're living in some times. Whether it's the situation in North Korea, whether it's the situation with Russia, whether it's the situation with China, whether it's the situation over in Syria, Iran, we can go on and on with the list of all the things that are out there in our world today. Well, according to this Scripture, we can be ready for anything that goes our way so that 
whatever we're going through, not only we go through it, but we get the other side. It's like when people say to me, hey, preacher, I feel like I'm going through hell in my life right now. I say, just keep on going because that's not where God intended for you to stop, all right? You just have to learn to keep on going. Take these principles, use them, share them with people you know that are going through a struggle. And I promise you, you'll help to make their life a better life. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you again for your Scripture. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your faith and your endurance is fully developed, put your name in right here instead of you. Just say your name. You will be strong in character and you'll be ready for anything. Heavenly Father, the first thing that we should be ready for is to meet our Maker. Because we never know. We never ever know why we're here and how long we're here. And so we we just don't know, Lord. Life's tissue paper thin. You know what? You may be in this building today and uh, you're just thinking, man, this is totally random. This guy would talk on this. No, it's not. It was for you. It was for you. Some of you need to come to Christ today. You need to come to Christ uh, not only for you, but for your family. You need to strengthen your family. You say, Ike, how do I do that? How do I become a Christian, this born-again thing? How, how do I do that? How do I know God? A friend of mine named John Yarbrough said, uh, Ike, it's as easy as ABC to become a Christian. I was in my early 20s. And he went through this prayer with me, and I prayed it. And I, I invite you to pray it inside of your heart right now with me. The A was, he said, God, he said, just say, I, just say, God, I acknowledge that you exist. I acknowledge that you exist. See, you've got to believe in someone, and you've got to believe he's a, re- a rewarder in order to have faith in your life. So just say to him right now, in your heart, just say, God, I acknowledge that you exist. The letter B and the ABCs, I believe on the name of Jesus Christ. And I ask Him to save my soul, Lord Jesus. See, I confess my sin. You know what it means to sin? It means to miss the mark. I confess my sin and now I confess you as my Lord. And I'm asking you to come into my life right now, Lord Jesus. If you prayed that prayer in a few moments, Pastor Keith is going to come up and he's going to tell you some things that you can do to nail that down. And listen, if you're going through something right now, God's going to get you through it. I promise you. He says, I will never fail you. I will never forsake you. No, never, ever, ever will I fail or forsake you. Hey, God's got you back on your sin. He's got His hand in your today. And he's got his eye on your tomorrow. Let him be your guide. And I pray it and I lift it up in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Dogwood Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message. For more information and other sermons, visit dogwood.church. If you'd like to give to Dogwood Church, you can use your smartphone and text keyword dogwood to 779-77 or click the Give link online.
You can now download the Dogwood Church app for Apple and Android devices for podcast, video, and more.